Welcome to the Cybersecurity Simplified Podcast, where we take the mystery out of today's top security threats and solutions. In the cybersecurity war, there are no rules. The enemy has upped their game with more frequent and destructive attacks. What can you do? Take your cybersecurity defense to the next level. Stay ahead of evolving threats with vulnerability management. In this episode of Cybersecurity Simplified, we will talk about how to go from reactive to adaptive strategies with our guest, vulnerability management expert, Christian Sandescu, founder and CEO of Coda Intelligence. Stay tuned. Hello, all. Welcome to the podcast. I am your co-host, Susanna Song. And I'm co-host, Dave Barton. Hi, David. How are you today? Good. It's been uh, it's been a while since we've done one of these. I'm not sure if I remember how. <laughs> well, I hear... Uh, well, first of all, we were at a trade show in Las Vegas very recently, and I hear there was a celebrity sighting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about celebrity, but I had a few folks come up and uh, tell me how much they appreciate our podcast. Yeah, in fact, so- they, they sought out our booth, and and some of them obviously hadn't watched it. They heard it because they're like, which one of you is David Barton? <laughs> right. So they, they didn't actually watch it, but but they listened to it. So yeah. to me, that was super flattering, um, just knowing that people uh, listen to what we have to say. They like it. They provide feedback. Uh, it, it was just it was very humbling, to be honest with you. Well, that is awesome to hear. And really, the success of this show has been made possible only through our amazing viewers and listeners. Uh, so I hope all of you who are out there are growing in your knowledge of security uh, and David, I really enjoy recording these episodes with you. And quite frankly, I, I'm learning from, from you as well. So every episode we do, I'm, I'm growing in my knowledge as well. You know, Susanna, we, we may want to get some mugs with some logos on them that were, (laughs) (laughs) I I, I watch, uh, I watch (laughs) this guy who does, um, and this is a little segue, but he, he does first reviews of music. And so he's, He's got his headphones on, he's listening to music, and he's got his mug with the logo, and he talks about the water he drinks, and that's what funds his show. So maybe maybe we need to get some sponsors, I'm just saying. Now that David is a celebrity, so yeah, we'll we'll get there. (laughs) And we'll we'll get more shares that way, more likes. We'll see. All right, right, uh, switching gears now because we we have a gentleman if you're watching who is standing by and that's Christian right so we did a quick intro on Christian so before we get into what is vulnerability management Christian why don't you tell us about yourself and Coda thank you very much it's it's a pleasure being with you here today so uh, just a few words about myself i started my career back in 2006 in exactly vulnerability management, but actually in a in a more specific role, I, I started off as a as a pen tester. So I I did as a explore. pen tester. Yeah, yeah, it's Got it's it. a it's 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 a popular word today, um, and uh, it's it's been pretty exciting uh, for me to to be in that role. I I had it for probably nine years or so. I. Um, I built up an entire team that was doing that. Uh, we we then did a little bit more red teaming exercises, so full scale on attacks against organizations, mostly financial institutions, but 
others as well trying to identify vulnerabilities and uh, and actually exploit them um, for the greater good and and for um, you know talking to to the remediation owners and and then helping them remediate those so that was a good good part of uh, my professional experience I enjoyed it a lot and um, and then uh, I, I realized, you know, there's there's so much you can do as a person and even as a company um, by by just doing it yourself or having to manually go through through the same things again and again. And that's how we started Coda. Mm. David, can I ask you? So, where does vulnerability management fit into our defense and depth when it comes to threat prevention? Why is it so important? So it's it's critical for a couple of reasons. One is, as we've all seen over the last 15 years, the threats to our organizations evolve every day. And if you're not looking through your organizational infrastructure, systems, applications for those changes and vulnerabilities to those changes, you're going to miss them. So you have to have a program that looks on a periodic basis, frequent, whatever the frequency is, could be daily, weekly, monthly, whatever, but looks at your infrastructure, your, again, applications, your Active Directory, your servers, your Linux boxes, whatever, and look for known vulnerabilities. And then more importantly, uh, report on that. And, and then as we evolve this conversation, maybe automate patching, right? We haven't even started talking about automation, but um, finding the problems is half the battle and then going to fix them and having a tool that tracks all of that from, hey, we found this to here's a ticket to go get it fixed to it's been fixed to we validated it's been fixed, right? And that has to be part of that process. I, I used to work for a guy at Sprint and he says, you know, fix, test, fix, test, fix, test, fix, you know, it was just a mantra. We did it over and over because the models kept changing. The threat models kept changing and people keep introducing new stuff that right. we, that Chris and I have to think about what's the risk to the organization with this new thing, whatever it is. So it has to be central to your defense in depth approach, right? Cause it covers not just workstations, but if you look at the wheel, it covers users to some extent it covers devices it covers the network the perimeter right all of those parts that we pay attention to it checks them to make sure that they have the most updated patches there's no risk etc cetera, etc cetera. and i'm assuming with with the talent shortage and just you know humans can only do so much Vulnerability management goes beyond just people power. Are you adding AI, ML, technology to uncover the holes? Yeah, I think I think you have to. It, it, first of all, it does go beyond the people power. Um, when when you have a short staff, you tend to focus on what's hot, and what's not hot is running a vulnerability scan, right? It's just part of your your basic defense, and if you're not doing it. Um, you may find other things that become hot due to a breach or a ransomware event, whatever. Scanning is a preventative tool. 
vulnerability management is a preventative method to reduce risk. Mm. And it's not sexy. I mean, Chris might argue with me. It's not a <laughs> sexy tool, but it's a necessary tool. Now, the sexy part is when you have that tool and you make it cool, you make it, uh, the interface is really nice. You make automation on there so that you can reduce the human component. Um, but it has it has to be done. And again, back to your question, if I've only got three people and I've got a fire, the last thing I want to do is go focus on a vulnerability scan. And that's where a service based on a product like Chris's comes into play. What I would also like to add to that, David, is, you know, being in this pen testing world really made us look into what are those critical vulnerabilities that are actually being exploited, because not all of them are. And this is where, where the product really shines, is helping, um, helping David's team with and, and you guys in, in identifying what are those vulnerabilities that are part of attack kill chains that are now exploited by threat actors into active threat campaigns. And, and this is really important because as, as you were just saying, David, there aren't just you know loads and loads of people just waiting to patch and waiting to remediate. It's exactly we, we need to be really, and, and this is at our at the core of our values. It is to identify and, and help put in that contextual risk scoring on top of the initial vulnerability score to take into consideration if that vulnerability is part of an, an attack kill chain and if if um, it is going to be potentially leveraged by, by an attacker during, yep. during an attack. Agree. Chris, how does Overwatch vulnerability management take uh, a customer's defensive game to the next level? Uh, because it's not just defending, but you're saying that your product also goes from reactive to adaptive to stay ahead. So all of that is through this unique prioritization process, which then follows on with integrations into automated remediations. So that's that's where we want to get, and that's where the most value is for, for a lot of our customers. The, the idea there is that a lot of those vulnerabilities that are being identified, either misconfiguration, software bugs, not unapplied patches, not all of them are um, actually exploitable. Right. And in a lot of cases, you would need what we call an, an attack kill chain. That means a series of vulnerabilities out of which some of them might even be at the layer eight or the human level, such as a spear phishing. We're seeing spear phishing as being one of the first steps within, within modern ransomware attacks. But after the spear phishing has been um, has been successfully delivered to a couple of victims, then the piece of uh, of malware is going to actually try to exploit some of the some of the critical vulnerabilities either locally or across the network, allowing the attacker to pivot from the initial host to one of the other hosts that uh, has relevant business data and they're trying to get to the crown jewels and that's what everybody's trying to trying to protect what we do really really well is 
identifying and correlating information within the customer's environment using data fusion to get that data within our platform and overlapping different uh, perspectives that uh, you can have on your own network, looking at it from the outside, as well as looking at it from the inside, looking at network devices, as well as end-user workstations, um, servers that can be on-prem, in the cloud, mobile devices. All of that goes, goes into the platform, goes into the contextual risk scoring, gets prioritized according to the business metrics as well as the threat intel metrics that we have in the product. And then you get presented with really actionable items that you can either take on to do um, because they're critical and you agree to them, you're presented with the fact that they're critical um, or just, uh, you know, if, if they're just normal unexploited vulnerabilities, you can lift them to the next patching cycle. You don't really have to worry about it. And so, David, where does Overwatch, um, our, our 24-7 SOC, come in? So take what Chris just mentioned. So what, what do our customers do or, or an enterprise do with, with those exploits or those alerts? Uh, and so, if they don't have the people, how does the 24-7 SOC come in? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it comes in a, a variety of ways. Number one is is we've got a second set of eyes looking at the data as well. And so if if we see a critical event fire off from the vulnerability management tool into our SOC, our SOC has the ability to reach out and go, hey, by the way, we just saw this thing. In, in, a, in a better connected world, they could right click and say, patch the device, right? So at 2 a.m., you could have our SOC team patching a critical uh, vulnerability because you're at risk, right? So there's there's multiple things we can do. At the end of the day, what, what the managed component of this does is, number one, it correlates the events with active threats. And so if we see something on your environment that's attacking a known vulnerability that we have discovered with the vulnerability management tool, that changes our risk rating, right? Um, now, where we're going with this, and, and this is why this relationship is so essential to us, is we're going to go to a place where when our SOC platform detects an event, it's going to check to see, or maybe kick off a scan to see if it's vulnerable, right? And if the vulnerability comes back as being positive, it's going to automate a response with our patching tool to go patch it. And in those steps, there's been zero human interaction. And that's phenomenal, right? It's almost AI patching itself, yeah. if you will, right? That's where we're going. And that's why this, this relationship is so essential. For our customers, it's, it's a multi-tenant platform. It's got outside in, inside in, administrative level scanning, does a lot of things to help detect bad or, or known vulnerabilities or even some unknowns that you may not be aware of yet. We can set cadence that does daily, weekly, monthly. We can have differential scans that say yesterday you had a 98, today you got an 80. What What's different, mm -hmm. right? That lets us be proactive in, in actioning a ticket or or reaching out to call someone and say, hey, we just saw this machine and it's vulnerable. 
And then we saw it in our sock and it's trying to beacon out. We blocked it, but the machine needs patched. So there's a lot that we can do with it uh, as a managed component. I think the most simplest answer though, Susanna, is we take that responsibility off the plate of the end customer. Right. We do it for them. And we do it with people who are trained and knowledgeable. This is their livelihood. They're security experts. Well said, David. Any final thoughts, Chris, before we wrap things up here? Well, uh, the final thought that, that, that I'm having is really nobody should be breached today by an, uh, by a threat actor who is exploiting unknown vulnerabilities. So mm-hmm. we really want to reduce the period that uh, the organization is aware about it. And as David was just mentioning, in an ideal world, we'd like to be able to auto-patch anything that's really critical and and just reduce the the exposure that any organization has exactly. to kind of threats. Yeah, agreed. That's, that's, that's the goal we're working on, and we're super excited to be working with with Highwire and Overwatch on this one, as it's 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 critical to to being um, part of a better world where attackers just don't have that much of an attack surface that they can they can just exploit. Exactly. Yep. I'm with you. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you to our guest Christian Sandisku uh, for joining us. Thank you also to our listeners. If you have feedback about today's podcast or questions for David or the Overwatch team about vulnerability management, please contact us at podcast at highwirenetworks.com. Or if you're watching on YouTube or our website, just leave a comment. And David, I will make sure to get some, uh, maybe some bobbleheads. There <laughs> we go. You guys just we'll thought of we'll that. get one right. Why not? <laughs> um, th- thanks again for, for everyone joining us. Be sure to join us for our next episode, Keeping Medical Networks Healthy with Good Cyber Hygiene. Until next time, I'm Susanna Song. I'm Dave Barton. And this is Cybersecurity Simplified. From all of us here at Overwatch by Highwire Networks, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Cybersecurity Simplified podcast. To learn more, visit us at highwirenetworks.com slash podcast.